to Prince Among Queens, featuring your host, Troy Bronstein. In this program, Troy speaks to some of the most talented recording artists in the music business. You'll hear the stories, as well as the stories behind the stories. What's big, what's now, what's next? You'll get the updates right here. Now, here's Troy Bronstein. Hello, everyone. You're listening to my show, Prince Among Queens, and I'm your host, Troy Bronstein. If you'd like to email me, you can do so at troy at t-besttalentagency.com. And if you'd like to call in today, you can do so on 866-472-5787. All right. We are on location again in beautiful Puerto Vallarta, Mexico today. And I would love to welcome my special guest and friend, the one and only Miss Sybil. Yay! Hello, 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 hello! You look fabulous, of course, as always. How are you? You too. You, I told you, you look like you've just been kissed by the sun. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> that's that's how it is. This is my happy spot yeah. down here. Yeah. So, well, welcome and thank you for for coming on and being one of my my queens, so to speak. So. I'm glad to be one of your queens. <laughs> good, 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 good. Yeah, I know. I was, I was thinking of all kinds of different um, scenarios, which I'm sure will pop up along through the show of when we were not stranded in London, but when they canceled that gig and I flew from Chile to London, yes. <laughs> we were there for those days and then oh. over in South Africa and the fun that we've just, we just had a great yes. time. So, Absolutely. But for the listeners, they don't want to listen to all that. Let's get into you. So, you you started your your career from what I know you know in 1986 at the age of 19. But when you were young, when did you? Did, I mean, I'm sure you were involved in the choir and things like that, like the rest of the girls were. With yeah, the I actually yes, I grew up in the church, singing in the church, but I also uh, did musical theater. And mm. so for a long time, I mean, I lived 12 miles west of New York City. So I used to go, my mom would take me to see Broadway shows, to go see even off-Broadway shows. And so I was exposed to music and performance at an early age. But I grew up singing at St. Luke Baptist Church and, you know, in the youth choir. And and uh, it's just one of those things. I, I had no other choice. <laughs> you know, if you, grow up in, <laughs> if you grow up in a black home, you know, at bottom line is for the most part, you are going to be exposed to church. And so for me, and you got to do something. That's the only way that young people can stay connected or, or even even interested. And so it was kind of the, the training ground for vocally what, what we could, uh, could do. And, um, but it also kind of helped you understand, identify what songs you connect with. And, and, and so for me, it was great. And then theater, uh, I was able to engage and understand the concept of audiences, the importance of audiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, to your audiences. Uh, and so that for me has been great. And so I grew up in a musical household, uh, exposed to music in various forms. Yeah. Good, good. So when it all turned around in, in 86 and, um, you know, you, you started with, uh, I believe it was Plateau Records in 1986. Next Plateau. Next Plateau. Okay. And your first release was Falling in Love. Was that correct? Yes. That was your first yes. single? Very first single was Falling in Love, yes, and uh, uh, it, it was it was interesting. I'm, the story behind that record was that I did not plan on being, I was not interested in being a singer at all. Um, <laughs> but my friend from high school uh, had, had kind of pers- kept pursuing me about trying to get uh, sing on a demo, 
And I was like, nope, not interested. Nope, nope, nope. You got to understand, I had college. I had college behind me. I had education behind me. I thought I'm going to be an attorney. That's what I'm going to be. And so in my mind, that's what I was thinking. But what ended up happening was I ended up getting tricked into going to the studio, thinking that I was going to be writing for a girl group because I wanted to be a songwriter. Mm. And the producer at the time said to me, um, well, let me hear you sing. And I looked at him like a deer in the head. Like, what are you talking about? I'm not, I'm not here to sing. I'm here to, to write a song. for right, exactly. <laughs> And he looked at me and he realized that I hadn't been told the truth. So anyway, falling in love was the result of my first encounter with James Bratton, uh, Dolores Drury and Joe Maggio, who were the producers of my very first record. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so from that, yeah, it says that it did number it went to number twenty nine on the U.S. dance charts and mm-hmm. the R and B charts as well, um, and then it uh, also charted in the U.K. Yes. So, um, and that was your follow up song after that. Let yourself go was was that a duet with, with Debbie Pender or was that just a? No, um, it was a let she, yourself. I wrote that song. No, I wrote let yourself go, uh, uh-huh. and I actually wrote that. Um, after falling in love, I thought, okay, you're gonna you're gonna allow me to write my own. You're gonna allow me to write. Period. And ironically enough, then I ended up doing a bunch of covers later on. But anyway, <laughs> let yourself go um, was the first record that I had written and um, and performed. Um, and then subsequently, was we I ended up revocaling it for um, Frankie Knuckles and Eric Cupper for their Beyond the Tone Arm project on Defected. So mm. um, that was the first record. But that record followed by My Love is Guaranteed, I ended up with uh, the number, I ended up with two top five records year end in 1987 uh, with Let Yourself Go and My Love is Guaranteed. I did mm-hmm. really, really well uh, in the charts in the UK and kind of cemented uh, what it is, my platform and, and and my playing ground became a lot larger. I was big in the underground house clubs and dance clubs, gay, straight, you know, uh, radio uh, top 40 clubs, because it was being played in in and around New York, Chicago, and different markets. So, um, yeah, that was that was the deal with "Let Yourself Go." Right. And so then after after that, and then your your um, your success that was leading and, and bubbling under in the underground and all that kind of stuff. Is that when you switched over to PWL? Because well, then. Well, it actually, the thing is, is that I was actually on Champion Records, ironically enough. I was, was going to ask about that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was on Champion Records, and those records did really well for me on, on Champion. And then, subsequently, we had Don't Make Me Over was done. Mm-hmm. And so, um, which was more R&B, uh, more R&B, and kind of that that that, that vibe that was bubbling under in the UK with the soul to soul movement and, and um, Lisa Sanchez <laughs> during that time, that was the sound that was really popular. But for me, the thing is I hadn't done Don't Make Me Over. I had actually recorded uh, Walk On By. Right. But then right. they got hold of Don't Make Me Over and Champion said they couldn't make it hit the charts. And PWL said, if you allow us to have Sybil, if we chart this, uh, sign Sybil over to us for the album. And that's what happened. I ended up because they said they couldn't make it. Mel said he couldn't make it. What he couldn't make it work. And I ended up having a big record with "Don't Make Me Over" because PWO believed in it, pushed it, mm-hmm. and then I ended up signing to um, to PWL after that for the album project. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah, because I, I was I, I was trying to figure out how that how that all crossed over because I thought you were with Champion because it yeah. was you and Robin and Christine W and you were all on there. During that same, you know, movement time. Yeah, with, I was with actually Mel. before. I was actually before all of them, 
Because really? Robin, I think, yeah, I was there. I was one of the, yeah, I was there 1987, 86, 87. Yeah, I was there before them. And I remember when they signed Robin, I had already left um, Champion. And I was like, man, we should have gotten Robin. <laughs> you know, I was, <laughs> you know, because I was sitting thinking, I was, I was joking. I joked about the fact that Champion, I said, oh, how they managed to pull that one off. But and needless to say, it was, I had great times with Champion. I really did. Um, mm -hmm. But I think they had taken me as far as they could take me at that time. And um, then they were really fortunate to be able to get um, Robin and, and it turned around and shifted the label for them. And, you know, that's kind of, and, and for me, it was a good move for me at that time. Mm -hmm. of the nature of what the direction we were trying to go in. Well, and then you had people that, you know, believed in you yeah. and, you know, trusted what, you know, what, what you were feeling and, and what you wanted to do. And it showed in the numbers because then all of a sudden, you know, you've got a top 20, top 20 hit, you know, yeah. out of there with, you know, with a new, new label, new package, new thing. It's like, boom, here we go. You know, yeah. don't make me over. And that was in 89. And then in 1990, you released Walk On By. Yes. With them. Yes. Because like you had said, you recorded that, you know, earlier, but then that went and shot right up. You know, that was number six I have yeah. on the UK charts and yeah. um, number two in New Zealand and, you know, all across Europe. So, yeah. Um, the name Sybil was then becoming more, you know, prevalent yeah. in not just the underground, but in Absolutely. the crossover, the crossover side, you know, as well, Absolutely. which was, which was and good. And that was important because I think what happens to a lot of us, we get pigeonholed in these um, these genres that restrict right. what we can do when we know that we're capable of doing more. And so for me, it was um, I was excited about where I saw uh, the my 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 musical. Um, I guess my tracking going that was important to me because I still love the underground, but I didn't want to stay underground. <laughs> and yeah. that was really, you know, that was because at the end of the day, you want to make money. You want to, you know, you want to make money, but you want to be able to perform for larger audiences. And oftentimes um, we can be restricted by the, by the, um, by the categorization and the compartmentalizing of, of us as artists. Yeah, they put you guys in a box, yes. you know, yes. and then it's hard for you to get out of that box. And, yeah. you know, you have people sitting behind desks that, you know, don't necessarily know what's going on in today's music world because they That's never right. get out into the clubs or from behind that desk. That's right. And they make these decisions that are unfortunately incorrect. It, and when they, pigeon, they pigeonhole you in that, then you have the, you know, the issue where, you know, you've got your, all your fans from the dance market, and then you've got all your fans from the underground market, and you've got all your fans from the R&B market, and mm -hmm. then you do a track that's, you know, or you do an album that's yeah. geared toward just one of those genres, and then yeah. you lose the others. That's and right. And it ends up not being successful and then you're not happy and the label's not happy and they drop you and that's just, it becomes a mess for everybody. It does. It does. And I've seen that happen all too often. Um, yeah. You know, I think the, I think the good thing for me is that for a long time I was able to work within the framing of people understanding what I wanted to do. And then when that became mm -hmm. difficult, it just became difficult. And, and, and then you make adjustments, you make personal adjustments um, so that you can, fulfill your obligations, you know, your contractual obligations. And, um, but at the same time, take note of what it is that you might need to do and what has to happen in order for you to be happy. I love music and I love this. In, I love the industry uh, and what it has allowed. And I allow, and I love the fact that I've been able to make really good friendships with some really outstanding musicians and artists. Um, but it can be very, very difficult, you know, dealing with people, like you said, who have no clue as to what's out there in the club, exactly. you know, they don't have their ear to the street. They just make decisions from different places. And that can be a problem. You know, that, that can be a problem. 
Yeah, it, it is. It, it, yeah. it not can be. It is a problem. It is. And yeah. it has proven it has proven to be. So, I, I mean, I don't understand why that honestly hasn't been corrected yet. And they yeah. don't have people that are in that position that really, I don't want to say know what they're doing, but that know what they're doing. I mean, yeah. it's only one way to one way to look at it. You know, failure isn't based upon you know, the artist and, and, and the song, the failure is based upon the knowledge and the promotion and the, the audience it's geared towards. If That's you're right. not gear, gearing something towards the right audience, of course, it's going to fail. That's it's got right. no chance to succeed. It has no chance. You know, None. it's just like taking a country song and playing it to an R&B market. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not going to go nowhere. And everybody's going to say, well, right. what is this? And why is she doing this? You know what I mean? Right. And it just, yeah. it's just, it's, it's my favorite word now is ignorance. It's just yeah. ignorant. For it someone to do that. And it, then they blame the artist. And, you and know, you had nothing not, to do with it. The, exactly. And that's the thing. I think we become the scapegoat for why why things fail. When if you look in the backdrop of, 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 of everything, there are people that have no clue as to what should have happened in order for right. it to be successful. Because the potential is there. You've got talented people who are sitting on the sides, sidelines trying to figure out, wait a minute, hold up. Why aren't I? And how come this didn't? Um, but and, and it's unfortunate. And it, all of it has to do with, with groups of people who are disconnected, you know, That's from true. The, reality, the realities of what should be going on for the artist. Right. Right. And that's why I always say, you know, um, it's I'm going to say it's the people, but it's the people that sometimes that are around the artist or that yes. speak for the artist that speak for themselves. They don't speak yes. for the artist. And, yes, you know, that absolutely. can make or break someone's career. And, right. you know, there's a lot of times where someone will say, oh, well, you know, so-and-so said this. And I'm like, when? Yeah. When did that's, they say that? That's Who right. did you hear that's that from? Yeah. And none of it is true. That's right. You know, it's just somebody that said something to protect their own ass. Excuse yeah. my language. Exactly. But, you know, that's true. And they throw everybody else under the bus. And it's just yeah. it's just it's very sad how they do that. But, yeah, you know, unfortunately, that's the nature of the beast. And, it you is. know. We're getting ready here to take our first break. And so what we're going to do on our on our break is we're going to play a piece of your track, Don't Make Me Over. Don't so the make people me can... over now there that you, you know how I adore you. Yes. <laughs> That's it. So here we go with the piece of Don't Make Me Over and our first commercial break. And we'll be right back with Miss Sybil. This is Crystal Waters, and you're listening to my favorite prince, Troy Bronstein, on Prince Amongst Queens on voiceamerica.com. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day, we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control, and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling. 
whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all of our show archives on demand. All from your iOS, Amazon Kindle, or Android device. Download it from the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Dive on in. That's right. Dive on into my favorite Prince Among Queens, Troy Bronstein. You tell him Debbie Halliday sent you. You're listening to Prince Among Queens with Troy Bronstein. To reach the show today, call into 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also reach out by email to Troy at t-besttalentagency.com. Now, back to Prince Among Queens. Okay, we are back with Miss Sybil. Yes. And um, I'm not sure, Sybil, if you're aware or not, but... um, but your um, UK version of Walk On By, did you know that that holds the highest um, chart position for that song by Dionne Warwick in any kind of version? Um, Gabrielle did it, and then Dinah Carroll did it, but yours is the highest out of everybody's. It's just charted. I, I, remember, I remember there being some discussion about that. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> let me say this. Burt Bacharach and Hal David were not mad at me during those times. I promise you. Um, I bet. They, you know, they wrote that originally <laughs> for Dia. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, they have been uh, blessed royally <laughs> from those from those uh, songs. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's 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 hard. But now during that time with um, uh, P.W. Well. Um, you also had uh, a track, Make It Easy On Me, that was yes. released, and it did somewhat um, good, but then you had Lovely Day, that also did well, and then you did the album Civilization, yeah. um, but that was more or less over in the UK, not so much over in the US, right? Well, no, actually, it was split. Civilization was the US Vert album, but um, the When I'm Good and Ready album, you know, was kind of came afterwards um and for the uk it was a diff- i had two different albums i had different albums for different markets mm-hmm. and uh yeah during that time it was in 1993 the love i lost came out as well okay and so it was make it easy on me love i lost um and and so uh it was they were different times but it's funny because the love i lost actually charted on the top 100 in the U.S. without being pushed because the song that was released in the U.S. was a song called You're the Love of My Life. And I remember a station out of, out of uh, Boston telling the label, said, you lost that record because that record was solid, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And that, there too goes when people don't understand um, and they don't want to listen because my thing is listen to what the streets are saying. If they're saying this is the record, 
then push that record. And that's what I miss. And that's what I loved early on with independent labels, <laughs> the ability to flip it on the drop of a dime. They right. could actually, right. they didn't have to wait for a, uh, like a big well-oiled machine to be able to put something to the streets. They let the DJs get it, they got it to the DJ pools, got it out and bottom, the rest of it was history. They would play it, radio would, 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 uh, grab hold of it because most of the time radio DJs who were playing our music also played in clubs. And so, uh, and that was, that. that's not only in the US, it's the US, the UK, that's the world. A lot of the radio DJs also were DJs in clubs in the top clubs in their markets. And so, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. so it was interesting for me that, you know, the times that I experienced and, and, and what was hot where, I had to figure it out. Sometimes I didn't know what to sing, what not to sing, what they wanted to hear, what they didn't want to hear because I had different songs in different markets doing different things. Right, right. Different different audiences, different, different um, you know, uh, charts to speak, sort of different yeah. genres, all that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. I do want to say um, real quick to the listeners, if you're having some technical difficulty here on my end, I think it's because I'm on location. So if I'm fading in and out or doing any of that kind of stuff. I'm working on correcting that during the show as well as not interrupting the show at the same time. So just bear with us on that. Um, so yeah, so that was all great. And then the love, I, the love I lost, that was part of, wasn't that part of West End as well with you? Were you working with West End? Yeah, it was a PWL actually um, had an idea and they wanted uh, the West, it was West End featuring Sybil, but it was part of the Sybil project. And, uh, the thing I think I don't know if they wanted I think they wanted it like that I don't know what their motivations were behind you know behind it but it ended up being a wonderful <laughs> wonderful uh, collaboration um, with with some really you know awesome musicians who who decided that um, they wanted to do this song and I'm going to tell you the story behind the love I lost when I first heard it when I first did it I loved it but when they sent me I told I told my ideas for the background I was very clear about how I wanted the backgrounds to sound and mm -hmm. when I got the first um, draft, so to speak, uh, the, the first demo of what they had done, I didn't like it at all. I thought the backgrounds were too thin. And that had a lot to do with the fact that, you know, PWL was known for these really very clean, uh, very poppy kind of backgrounds. And so I said, look, you need to get yourself, I said, I know they've got some some black girls in some churches in England. You better pull somebody in from out of one of those churches and, and get them on the background. And I ended up getting um, Angie Brown. It was, uh, oh gosh, uh, uh, what's my other girl's name? Um, mm, uh, it was Jocelyn? Angie Brown. No, Jocelyn didn't do it. Jo no, Jocelyn, that's my girl though, but she didn't do it. It was um, uh, Paulette. Oh gosh, I can't even think of their names. But Angie Brown and there was a bunch of them from from the uh, London Gospel Choir that they called in. It was Asha Alfam and Tony King got them in the studio to go in and redo the backgrounds and laid they laid more just a more husky because you're talking about us. This is the Sounds of Philadelphia uh, uh, song. How in the right. world is it going? It needed it needed a little bit more to it. And once they got those backgrounds on there, I was like, yes. And so. For me, that song, I still, I love, now that's a song I absolutely love singing because most people can sing along with it from different ages and different backgrounds. And which is, mm -hmm. for me, that's the best thing. That's the highlight of doing a song is to have people who can sing it um, just kind of across the board. 
Yeah, no, that, that definitely it, it helps because then, you know, I remember that in South Africa when we did the show yeah. in South Africa, everybody was singing that song. And it was <laughs> it was kind of like amazing to feel the energy from the crowd and, you know, and everybody, you know, the love, and then, you know, and they're just yes. doing their thing. It was very cool. Yeah, was very, very cool. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to tell you a highlight of the, me doing that when I first that song was released, I did a, a benefit up in uh, Manchester, England. And I'll never forget. I had lost my uncle. I had lost my uncle. I was traveling. I had lost my uncle. And for some reason, it was just like I was feeling melancholy. But at the same time, there was a sense of peace because mm -hmm. I knew he was OK. And I remember going on a stage to do um, Mardi Gras, um, which is their version of pride, like a kind of a version of pride in Manchester. Mm -hmm. And I remember going on the stage and all of a sudden that the, the beginning of that song came on and all, I don't know, all you saw were lights. I mean, there were flash, there were, there were phones and, and, and lighters and everything raising it. And it was surreal for me. That experience just did something because I felt, and I said to them, I said, you have no idea how this makes me feel. And that song was still so new, you know, still so new, but there was so much love um, that I received that day, you know, in, in Manchester, England at, at Mardi Gras celebration, when I did the love I lost, it was unreal. It was, that experience just touched me because in the front, there were also people who were signed. They were they were they were deaf, and they were mm -hmm. signing, you know, in the front. And they were, but just the the, the uh, exuberance on their face. It was just so unreal for me. And so um, there's some that performance is one of my one of the things that I love about performing the love I lost because it reminds me of that time when it brought comfort to me at a time when it could have been different. Right, right. Well, and over in Europe, I mean, it's all different anyways. It's a different, you know, it's a different ballgame. And we all say that. And, you know, people from, you know, the States here, until you experience it, you don't get it. Because That's it's like, right. well, how is it so different? You know, it's, different. it's a big difference. It's a it's big, big difference, difference in the reception and, yes. you know, just the way that people receive things and the way they give back. I That's see, right. you know, the, right. the love that they give back and the emotions that they give back to you guys when you're performing, mm -hmm. it's totally different. It's, it's totally, totally different. different. Yeah. And absolutely. it's, you know, it's awesome. That's why, you know, it, it, it's always unreal to me on how, you know, like you, for example, you're here in the States, but you know, you can release a record and they'll pass on it here at the labels. Yeah. Someone will pick it up over there. They'll put it out. It'll be a smash hit. We'll be all like, see, told you. Huh? Okay, exactly. And then someone here will sign you because it's successful overseas. That's right. And, That's you know, right. it's it, it just boggles my mind that, you know, people from America can't become popular unless they're popular in another country. That's right. And, I mean, but you, you know, know that that's that's kind of a parable. That's that you know you hear that it's like you know a prophet is never recognizing their own land. Right. And 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 that's and that's really honestly what happens a lot of times. Uh, but think about it. Uh, some a lot of and it's, it can be in flip. Uh, they some artists from there come here and they have levels of success in genres that they didn't anticipate. Correct. You know, yeah. So it 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 works both ways. Um, it, it does work both ways. But I'm very I'm appreciative that the markets outside the U.S. They kept me working. They kept my mortgage paid. They kept. <laughs> they kept. They kept. They kept me. Yeah. They allowed me to be able to take care of myself. So yeah. Right. Right. And then because then after that you um you had a, a successful single um, when I'm good and ready. Yes. That came out in the spring of '93. And um, that went to number five in the yeah. UK and, you know, mm -hmm. peaked across Europe. And um, then I believe you had another single after that, Good and Ready. Did that follow? 
No, well, after Love I Lost, it was When I'm Good. It and was Ready. When I'm Good and Ready. Yeah, that's when right. I'm Good and Ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. was that was the song that followed, and I, that was that was on the year. album that went on the album Good and Ready. Yeah, the song exactly. was When I'm Good and okay. Ready. <laughs> Sorry, Absolutely, I, got, yeah. I got a little confused here, a little tongue tied on that side. So, um, and then after that, you had a track which. Um, I really actually wasn't even familiar that this was done, but Beyond Your Wildest Dreams, which Lonnie Gordon, one of our other girls, you know, recorded and you recorded it as well. So yeah, that, that was interesting. <laughs> that was, an, that was an interesting time because see, Lonnie was my label mate and we, we would do, um, we would do a lot of things together. Well, we was my label, but we were, um, agency mates. So right. we did a lot of, a lot of work together, but mm-hmm. we also, because the production team produced that record for her, we became really close. So I did, we did a lot of the stock and work. Pete Waterman, anything Pete Waterman did. You had, guys did together. Yeah. We did together. And so when they asked me to do Beyond Your Wildest Dreams, I didn't even realize that Lonnie had done it. You know, I, I didn't, <laughs> you know, but you know, the, the thing is, is that that's the nature of the business. And I kind of, people want to create, um, uh, gets drama mm-hmm. when there is none. Right. And so Lonnie and I, we did, and we had, we had our own versions because I was that R and B kind of girl for them, so to speak, uh, R and B pop, solely pop girl. Mm-hmm. Mine was a little bit more, um, was a little bit, a little more husky. You know, mm-hmm. I loved Lonnie's version. Absolutely loved Lonnie's version of the song. My version is just different. That's all, you know, it's, it's, it's just different. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know that, that I like that they tried to, uh, pit us because it could potentially have gone so 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 wrong <laughs> but um <laughs> we did it and it worked for us differently you know it ended up being a a good record for both of us differently right right mm-hmm. well i mean you know that's that's what i but i do remember you guys doing a lot of stuff together you know mm-hmm. a, a lot of shows and, and you know things um in support of pwl and as well as in support of yourself yeah um and um, i was there for a couple of them and it was yeah. fun we had a good time we did it was we a had lot a great of fun yes <laughs> so, you know um all right well time is just flying we're getting ready to take another break here with miss sybil and we're gonna um play a piece of that track make it easy on me so um we'll be right back with sybil and enjoy this piece of make it easy on me we'll see you in a minute Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hi, this is Jeannie Tracy. You're listening to our favorite prince, Roy Brunstein, on Prince Among Queens on VoiceAmerica.com. 
Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. Hi, this is Linda Clifford, and you're listening to A Prince Among Queens featuring Troy Bronstein. You're listening to Prince Among Queens with Troy Bronstein. To reach the show today, call into 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also reach out by email to Troy at T-BestTalentAgency.com. Now, back to Prince Among Queens. All right. First, let me apologize. That was not Make It Easy on Me. That was The Love I Lost by Sybil. So um, I apologize for leading into the wrong song. So hopefully you've enjoyed that as well and brought back some memories for those of you that are aware of the track. So yes. moving along. So after all of that, you um, released the cover, So Tired of Being Alone, I think it was yes. called. Right. And then um, your fifth album, Still a Thrill, was mm-hmm. uh, was going on there. So as you, you know, as you're going along and, 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 you know, you're building and you're working with different, you know, producers and things like that. I mean, it, there had to become a time where, you know, even with PWL with, you know, there are a lot of fun working and, and all that kind of stuff. I know there was a time somewhere um, that you, was it after all of this? Was it after PWL? Then you just, you know, was like, so it was after all that because you still had yeah a lot of success rolling on here all the way yeah. through, you know, 2005. Then you did the TV show, um, Hit Me Baby One More Time. Yes. How was yeah. that? Did you enjoy that? Because a couple of people that I know was, that have been on that. That was fun. It was a lot of fun. But, you know, it was fun because I got to see some people I hadn't seen in a long time. Uh-huh. So that made it really a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, just to be able to do, I think I, I actually ended up doing the Shania Twain, Hit Me Baby, um, um, uh, I'm Going to Get You Good on that show. <laughs> And so that was that was funny. I was sitting there thinking, okay, you want me to? So they made it a dance version. It was actually funny, but I was sitting there thinking, I didn't care if I didn't win. I was just glad to be there. <laughs> so glad to be there. It was fun. Yes, that was a lot of fun. Good, good. Yeah, I, I hear that from those that uh, have been on it that it was fun. It was a fun show, and everybody enjoyed it. So, so after after this, um, we'll go into. I wasn't going to do this till the next the next. Uh, segment but um i'm going to start now because the, the next segment is going to be the smallest that we have plus okay. you have to do your favorites during that segment but, I got you. so after all of this and you know sybil is like a household name and everyone's you know sybil 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 um sybil wasn't happy no right sybil was not happy that's that's you know, uh, yeah it was not i was not happy i um 
you know, I saw the dynamics of what the um, of, of the change on the horizon. I felt as if uh, a lot of us who actually had the capabilities to do more and to sing and 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 had, we just had had the, the the stuff were being relegated and pushed to the back for artists who were for the most part in, inferior in terms of vocally inferior performance in terms of performance they didn't understand what that looked like and then the songs that they had expected us to do they just weren't reminiscent of where I found where I where I wanted to be where I saw myself and so it was really important for me to just kind of step back I didn't I didn't want to walk away but I needed to walk right on by <laughs> to do something else <laughs> because as you know they said the love I lost I had lost the love okay for um for performing I am um, still loved music, but I just did not like the direction that I felt like they wanted me to go. I didn't think they got me. I don't think that they were trying to get me. And there were there were so many changes in terms of um, the label. PWL had been had been sold to Coalition Records and um, and Coalition was a division of, um, of, of Polygram and then Warner Brothers. And it was just, I think the lack of feeling as if I was supported mm -hmm. um, just kind of put a bad taste in my mouth. And then on top of that, I think that I needed to step away because I had been doing it at that point. I had been doing it for, uh, you know, for, for a while. Um, and I needed to change. I needed to do something else that kind of spoke to my, to, to the heart of who I was. And so I um, made a decision to uh, made a decision to, to, to use the degree that I had, the college degree that I had, to sow into the lives of young people in a different kind of way. And um, those who were interested in music, those who were just interested in being creative. And so that was important to me. And so I found myself making, uh, you know, making uh, the trip outside of the music industry in order to really get Sybil back on track, to be honest. Right. I mean, I was fortunate because there, I didn't get caught up in a whole lot of the negative pitfalls and, and, and succumb to some of the stuff that other people succumb to because I knew to step away before it swallowed me up. Right. I, I remember seeing a quote and, and I wrote it down because I was like, oh, OK. It says, Sybil, she will sing when she's good and ready. Which It's all titles of your songs, which yes. is, is even you know more funner. <laughs> but it's like, Sybil, she will sing when she's good and ready. She had a love she lost. But have we lost Sybil altogether? Question mark. Yeah. And I guess that's when you were going through what you were going through. And, you know, a lot of people yeah. get caught up in it. But at least, you know, you know you're a strong woman and yeah. you're an independent woman. And, you know, that's one of the things that I admire about you. And, you know, you have that to fall back on. And, and you know, remember, you said it in the beginning. You didn't want to be a singer. Mm -mm. So, you know, doing that and, and, you know, exploring the gift that God gave you and enjoying that and sharing that with the world, when things aren't right in the universe, yeah. it's just not right. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, it's not good. It, and so, and it throws you off and it, it, it throws you, you know, the thing is you have to have balance. And if you are emotionally disconnected from something that once brought you such joy, you've got to step away from it to protect the sanctity and, you, you, and protect yourself. And I had to step away to protect myself because mm -hmm. I remember, I think my mom had said, she was like, what's going on? She could tell there was something that wasn't quite right. I was just, I was real snappy, just frustrated. And just the love and passion that I had for um, music and singing. And I just had lost it. You know, well, I had just lost it. And it was time to step away. It became a job that you didn't enjoy. 
It's just like Absolutely. people that have a job that they do nine to five and they hate it, you know, yes. and it's just like, you know, I, I'm blessed because I have a job that I enjoy and, mm-hmm. you know, I can't imagine having to do something, you know, as a career or all day, mm-hmm. you know, to support a family and you hate doing what you're doing. That's, That's right. got to just be miserable to, yeah. to have to devote that much time to something that you don't like, you know? Yes. Yeah. So, and that's, uh, and that's why it's important as an artist, um, Troy, that, um, I think my love for it came back again, because I'm going to tell you something that hit me baby show kind of made me start feeling like, mm, you know, re- gave you like, a taste I, of it again. <laughs> yeah, honestly, because I was just not at first I was like, I'm not doing this, but it mm-hmm. really honestly reintroduced me to what I really loved and admire. It was people, you know, the people that I had uh, met along the way, other musicians, other artists, and we were all kind of in the same boat and we were still there able to deliver the songs that we had been known for. So for me, it was kind of, that was the the, the, the shift and the flip for me back into um, going back on tour. It's just, you know, the, the divas of dance and, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and the tours like that, which were great for me. Um, yeah. So it was, it was a good time for me. That was, a, that was the shift for me, but I needed that break. I needed it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, how could I, everybody needs that break yes. and some people don't recognize that yes. and that becomes the the detriment to their career because Absolutely. they're not they're not accepting the fact that i need to just let me take a year off you know what I mean? yes. let me take a hiatus let me just yes. clear my mind and no music no business for a year that's you know right. and the management will guide that that shit away until yes. it's that's time right. that's right you know and yeah. and this way it allows you to you know, focus on that and, right. and and be able to clear your head, you know, and clear yeah. your mind because right. um, then coming back to it, like you're saying that you did, it gives you that, you know, that rush and it, it, it gives mm-hmm. you what you were missing. You still right. miss it. You still, right. you don't miss the bullshit. You miss that's the right. fun. And that's the fun right. is the crowd and the fun is performing and that's right. the gratitude and the love that they give you. That's so, true. you know, coming back and doing like that show, Hit Me Baby One More Time and hearing that audience and the mm-hmm. applause. See my hair standing up on my yes. hands right now. Look, see? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I know what you guys, you know what I mean? I know what you guys feel because I hear it right yes. on the side of the stage and, yeah. and I get my goosebumps too in my smiles. That's right. Um, you know, and, and so it's good that you have that and you had that and you were able to experience that coming back, you know, That's cause right. I know then you did a, you did a big show, um, you know, at GAY in London with Hazel Dean and Jason Donovan and oh, yeah. Sonia. And yeah. you know, so, you know, it gives you, it gives you that to, to play with and, and feel again. You That's know? right. So, That's right. I, and, know, and, and the thing is, is, some, we have to have those those reminders kind of help us help usher in, uh, you know, the feeling, the euphoria that, you know, you, you want again, just don't know how it's going to come again. And so, you know, and, and so that's for me, it's just like I'm just appreciative that I was able to take the step back, but only to be I said step back to catapult forward further forward. because it helped me, Yeah. One yeah. step back, put you one step forward. And, and right. you know, we're all glad that you did that because then you continued on from there without all that negativity and stuff in your yes. head, you know? That's so, right. well, we're going to take another break. Man, time is flying here. And now, everybody, you will hear a piece of Make It Easy on Me by Sybil. Yes. So, we'll be right back with Sybil.
follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Dive on in. That's right. Dive on into my favorite Prince Among Queens, Troy Bronstein. You tell him Debbie Holiday sent you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Hey family, this is Robin S. And you're listening to Prince Among Queens with my brother from another mother, Troy Bronstein. Listening to Prince Among Queens with Troy Bronstein. To reach the show today, call into 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You can also reach out by email to Troy at T besttalentagency.com. Now, back to Prince Among Queens. Okay, everybody, welcome back. We are here with our special guest, Miss Sybil, and uh, the third round here. Before I get to the three, the three favorites that I have everybody do every week, I just wanted to ask you with the whole, you know, pandemic and COVID situation going on, I mean, how that's affected you, you know, uh, emotionally, physically, and not being able to perform, and I mean, how are you handling that? You know, the thing is, at first, I think we all thought that it was going to be short. It was not mm-hmm. going to be as, ex- you know, the, an extended period of time. We thought, oh, we're going to figure it out. It's going to be, um, we're going to get back to working. Um, but it really impacted because, I mean, I had a lot of show. I was booked from April to the end of the year. <laughs> right. And, uh, and I thought, wow, okay, because that's festival time. You know, during April, mm-hmm. March, April, you know, festivals and stuff start happening around the, around the world. Um, but what I realized is that um, I think, I had to I had to change how I thought about it um, and, and and make it a positive in that it was time I started writing more. I started really paying attention to the things that mattered because I had seen the, the levels of loss in the United States was crazy. And um, mm-hmm. and especially my you know, I'm from New Jersey and New Jersey, New York area got impacted greatly. So emotionally, I felt like, oh, I felt drained. But spiritually, I, I, connect, I reconnected with um with, 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 with forces that were greater than me and realized that I had a lot to be thankful for and that I was going to move intentionally um, and, and do it, you know, do it under the constraints that have been given to us in hopes 
that when we come outside of this, that we're going to be able to get out and do what it is we love to do. And that is to perform and to share our gifts and talents. But I think we needed to slow down. Um, I think that it was a thing that was greater. I said, this happening was far greater than, than us. You know, um, yeah. yeah. Do, do I like right. it? No. Um, the loss of income? No. <laughs> let's, let's be <laughs> real. But I'm fortunate in a lot of ways, too. Yeah, I mean, and, and it being worldwide, it's not, yes. it's it's odd that it's just not like with us, you know, yes. and I think it's an extreme wake up call that everybody needed. And I mean, yes. everybody Every, around the world exactly. needed Absolutely. a wake up call. That's and right. things were just going too, you know, too freely, too easily. And, you know, whatever the meanings and behind and behind the scenes of this whole thing was, put all that aside, we just needed a wake up call. And we, it's going to be interesting seeing what the new future is, yeah. is going to be in. It's funny because I heard someone um, uh, say, he, he called it the now normal. Right. He said, you know, he said it's the, the new normal. normal. What the he new, said normal, the new normal He said it's the new normal. And he said it's the now normal. Like basically at the end of the day, we have to, we have to make the adjustments to accommodate uh, an environment that's going to call for us to do things differently. And right. so if I've got to wear a mask to protect not only myself, but others, that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, I just think I just what we think has got to be different. But you know what? It's it's kind of when you think about what we've been going through for the past couple of years, you know, you're sitting there thinking, OK, well, you know, it kind of <laughs> fell in line with a lot of the other stuff that we have going on. Right. But, uh, right. So I'm so glad 2021. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we've got a vaccine and I'm glad that we're in this place and that we're on track to um, for healing. Right. And it's all moving along. So yes. speaking of moving along, let's go on to the, the three favorites that I always ask everybody. And that's your favorite city, your favorite show and your favorite song. And your favorite city can be a city that you just love as a person. It can be a favorite city that you love going to and performing at, um, whether it be for the people or just, you know, the whole climate. I mean, the whole, you know, everything. So if you're asked what's your favorite city what would that be? Anyone who knows, knows I am a lover of Cape Town, South Africa. <laughs> I love Cape Town. I have. Um, Don't we all? <laughs> yes. I've loved it for years. Um, and for so many reasons, I love, I love the people. I love the energy. I love the climate. Um, and I love the fact that when I went there, I had a really, um, had an experience there that, that just has, has stayed with me for a long time. And I remember Robin, Robin and S and I ended up going up on the table mountain. And I remember it was really, um, we talked about it. It was just, it was so spiritual because we were. I remember that's when I went swimming with the sharks that day and you guys did the mountain thing. And we went to the mountain. And when I tell you the experience was so, it was just, we felt like we could just reach up and touch and and touch the clouds. We were so close to heaven, so close to God. and, And that's how we felt. But that experience was just beautiful for me. And then when I came down there was a woman waiting at the base and she came up to me and she said, I've been waiting for you. And when I looked at that woman, she reminded me so much of my aunt Maggie, my mom's, uh, my mom's last aunt, you know, um, on my dad's side. And so I'm, I'm my grandfather's side, her, her father's side. And when I saw her, it just did something to me. So I have a special place in my heart for that country for so many reasons. Yeah. Performance wise, you already know, Troy, you were there. It's it's second, it's second to none. Okay. So yeah. (laughs) So show wise, where, what was your favorite show? It could have been your very first one. I mean, it could have been, you know, whatever, but what's your favorite show? The the favorite show in terms of my performance that you did, that you've done. Um, Well, I spoke, but the funny thing is that there were probably two that one in Manchester, England for Mardi Gras, 
um, was 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 very special. And then I did um, I did a show in Liverpool that I had, and it was a small. It was a it was a it was a small, not small. I guess a couple thousand people. But what I loved it was my return to performing. One of the first shows that I had done um, after being away for so long, and the reception was. <laughs> absolutely unreal and i remember them saying the djs they were like sitting i mean their people were crying and the the place was singing and it was just so so special for me so it was in liverpool um and uh, yeah that was at, yeah but then i think it was kind of apropos <laughs> that my first show was at the limelight um and which was an old church you know right. so um i think that it was it kind of set the tone for the spirit of who I am. <laughs> <laughs> and what about your favorite song? My favorite song of mine, um, if, if it's one of mine, I absolutely love, I love performing um, Let Yourself Go. Mm -hmm. I love it because it's it makes me feel so free. It makes me feel free. And um, that was the that was the first song that I ever wrote that was recorded. And then it had so many iterations on different uh, remix albums and projects. It was just unreal. And then to have the late great Frankie Knuckles ask me to come to re to do to do the song, and I revocaled it. So that I love the let I love let yourself go because the words I remember writing those words, and I remember how it felt to write the words. Um, but so, because that's mine. But also, I love doing the love I lost because it pays homage to some great songwriters from uh, Philadelphia, who I mm -hmm. think uh, probably didn't get the level of credit uh, for being as awesome as they were. Gamble and Huff. So, mm -hmm. uh, Gamble and Huff, boy, I remember yes. that whole thing. There's a whole. Yes. That's a whole nother. That's a whole nother show. <laughs> that's a whole nother show. You know. And so when you think about songwriters, you know there were there were. Uh, Songwriters who got a lot of got a lot of credit, but that they wrote some, you know, they wrote the sounds of Philadelphia that whole time. Uh, they wrote some wonderful tunes for some some awesome awesome artists, you know, over right. the years. So, right. um, yeah. So I would wager to say that let yourself go because I, you know, I wrote it first time I wrote, but then the love I lost because of the magnitude of what it did actually um, re reinventing and reintroducing Sybil to uh, a global market again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, well. That that whole thing, you know, the the Gamble and Huff sound it was just you know phenomenal. I remember, you know, real real quick before we go, because um, Evelyn got inducted to the the Philadelphia Hall of Fame, and it was mm -hmm. a whole Gamble and Huff thing, and all yeah. the sounds of Philadelphia. And I mean, I didn't even realize that there was so much from that you know that area, yeah. that area, that time. You know the 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 magnitude of uh, the talent was yes. just incredible. It was incredible. amazing. Yeah. You know, and um, it was so for you to mention that it's it's like wow. You know, it's yeah. even here another revelation for me on that. Yes. So, yes. but okay, our time is up. I'm getting my flags. Uh -huh. It's it's went by so fast. Sybil, I want to thank you for coming thank on my show God. today and stay there when I say goodbye because I'll still want to talk to you for a minute. And I everybody, will. I hope you enjoyed the show as, as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. Yes. Um, next week, we have the fabulous Simone Denny on. And mm -hmm. um, we will see you then. Have a great week. And until next week, I'm Troy Bronstein. Thanks for listening to my show, Prince Among Queens. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Prince Among Queens. Be sure to join host Troy Bronstein for another great episode next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, enjoy your week.